Hey everyone, we are live for our Sunday weekly warm up. I know so many of the educators in our community are celebrating a long weekend. Happy Thanksgiving to our Canadian friends and happy Indigenous Peoples Day to those that are in the US. And who knows what other holidays are going on around the world. If you guys are willing in the in the comments to share what holidays might be celebrating. Um, you are welcome to share those with us. We'd love to be in celebration with you. We are so excited to be here on this incredible Sunday to not only kick off some discussion with, hello, Brianne Fennell's here, so you know it's going to be a good show. Obviously, I'm live here with the one and only Brad Hughes, so we'll be able to get into so many good discussions. And then a lot of us are going to physically be together in just a few days at the Teach Better Conference. This is our last Sunday show before the incredible event that we'll be hosting in Akron, Ohio. And then just as a reminder, in case you hadn't guessed, we will not be live next Sunday. I'm saying that again. We will not be live next Sunday because many of us will be traveling home from that conference. And to be honest, even if we are home, We'll be passed out and exhausted because we do not intend to sleep all week long, especially not the days of that incredible event. If you, for some reason, haven't gotten your tickets but plan on pulling the trigger last minute, I will say I feel like I can sneak you in. So DM me and I'll figure out how to get you a ticket. Otherwise, I assume you've already gotten them and you are excited to join us not only on the Thursday networking, but also the festivities on Friday and Saturday. We'll be right back to interview the one and only Brian Fennell. Hey everyone, we are live for our Sunday weekly warm up. Brad Hughes, of course, is here with me because I cannot do a show without him. Before we get into all the fun, Brad, how are you? It's good to see you. Ray, I'm doing really well. It's great to see you too. Great to be here in the Sunday weekly warm up states with our friend Brianne Fennell from the Teach Better team. We are going to have a great conversation and we are going to be leading up to all of the excitement this week, Ray. Just a few short days before we get together for Teach Better. 22 in Akron, Ohio. I can't believe we're less than a week away. I know. I kind of love this like team hangout. Like I know that we get to do so many things on the Sunday weekly warm up that I really, really enjoy. But today's like, you know, team hangouts like family time. It's like we can all kind of sit back, take a big deep breath, and spend some good times with some good giggles. Bree, how are you feeling? Oh, I am feeling good. Excited. So excited to be together on Thursday. It doesn't seem real, but it has been such a pleasure being the lead of a committee to be on this end of it. And so I'm just, I'm just thrilled about it. Can we just clarify, Brie, you're the lead of all the committees. Like we literally behind the scenes, Brie has been working on this conference for like nine months and she is going to be like a buzzing bee at the event and she will have all the answers. So if you want to know anything, I would go run into Brie if I were you. It's <laughs> good, Bray. Good advice. No, I I am getting ready. I'm getting packed. Um, I might have a helium tank in my trunk, some plastic bowls. I mean, I am more than ready for this event. I cannot wait. Brad, you are traveling a bit of a far distance to be able to get to Akron, Ohio. I feel like you and I are relatively comparable in our travels. Brie, you get to drive. Brad, what's your travel schedule look like? I'm uh, flying out of Buffalo, New York. Uh, I'm heading to New Jersey 
and then I'm traveling back west to uh, to Cleveland race. So a little bit of a uh, a roundabout way to get there. I think next time, like Bree, I would just drive around uh, the lake, just drive around. Probably my driving time is about the same as my flying time connecting through New Jersey, but we'll take we'll take what we can get. I'm grateful to be there and I'm looking forward to uh, a f- nice flight and looking forward to meeting up with Teach Better family and friends uh, in Akron when we get in. I will say, I think driving for me is about seven hours and flying for me is a little under seven and I know that it's the same time since we're like, oh, why fly? Guys, I need a nap and I love napping on mm. an airplane. It signed me up, put the headphones in, noise canceling headphones. I was just on a flight last week working with some teachers and there's nothing better than than like zoning out, looking out the window and falling asleep. I'm more of a on-flight reader. I love to like Ooh. have a book and read and kind of catch up on some quiet time during a flight. That's good. Well, you're driving. I know. How far of a drive is it for you, Bree? Um, like 40 minutes. Oh, so I didn't yeah, have really far to go at all. So fun. Well, guys, before we head to Akron, Ohio later this week, you obviously had, I'm sure, a full weekend and you might even be continuing your celebrations tomorrow, possibly with no school. Tell me a little bit about how your weekends have been or what you might be up to tomorrow. It's been a great weekend here in Ontario, Ray. It is uh, Thanksgiving weekend here in Canada. So happy Thanksgiving to those that are celebrating. Happy Sukkot to to those that are celebrating Sukkot as well this weekend. Uh, And uh, so we have family in this afternoon and this evening, Ray, for dinner. And uh, we have a a trailer that we needed to close up. Uh, I've got a trailer on Lake Huron that we spend the summers there. So we were there uh, yesterday uh, closing up, getting ready for the winter. Uh, And then we're back home today getting ready for uh, Thanksgiving dinner, which we finished about... 45 minutes ago. And then uh, tomorrow is a holiday from school. It'll be a chance for me to get everything ready for the conference, uh, to get packed and to get ready for a week at school and a week uh, in Akron. What's coming up for you and uh, Bree this weekend? Well, I do have to ask a follow-up question, Brad, because I have to know, you know, you know, I love learning about everyone's different holidays they celebrate. And obviously your Thanksgiving is about a month before ours. Who comes to Thanksgiving dinner how did you celebrate this year because this is the big debate every single year is who do you invite what house do you go to what do you eat kind of all the things and we here in the u.s have a little over a month to figure our plans out our plans were small so it included my wife jennifer uh, son ben and daughter megan uh so we had a quiet and fun family dinner in and uh we had uh, turkey and all the fixings so fun. Bree, do you have already solidified your Thanksgiving plans? I know it's I know you have some time. Um, no, we're planning on going to Kentucky to visit my mom. And so we're excited about that. And the boys are excited to see their Mimi. And so it'll take us a couple hours to get there, but we're excited to have those plans. But Brad, I so really want to know about your favorite dish like are your dishes the same like what is your favorite dish from this holiday well we had uh turkey gravy uh, mashed potatoes uh we had some uh stuffing uh and we had there <laughs> are one of our favorite recipes is is called a crowd pleasing casserole so we we joke about it because you can't beat a casserole that pleases a crowd and our crowd of four i really enjoyed this vegetable casserole with uh sort of a, a cheesy, creamy sauce with uh, French's uh, onion crisps, as well as some uh, breadcrumbs on top. So it was a crowd-pleasing casserole. 
I love it. Brie, obviously you have a lot of pl- of time before you plan your own Thanksgiving. What were we up to this weekend? Anything fun? Uh, just soccer. Soccer and conference, finalizing things and packing, but mostly soccer. Little soccer is so fun. It's not a bad thing. I love that. I love seeing pictures when you post on social media of the kiddos at soccer for your weekend plans. It's so fun. They're getting so big. So big. Yeah. What about you, Ray? What did you do this weekend? Oh, gosh. I was working with teachers in Sandusky, Ohio, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That was so much fun. I think that was like, it was just such a killer crew. And I got to explore Sandusky a little bit, which I don't, I had never been to. I really recommend it. I know that, I don't know why you would ever be traveling to Sandusky. I know there's obviously an amusement park there that people talk about, but it was such a fun time. Cute little town on the water. You can't complain. It was wonderful. Met some wonderful people. And then I flew back and um, got to just spend time by the fire. I'm kind of a sucker for a fall fire. So we sat by the fire, relaxed, and, you know, just kind of got to refuel. It's been a busy weekend just mentally preparing for the Teach Better Conference. Our travels begin as early as Wednesday for the majority of the team. So with Monday off, that really just leaves us Tuesday to like finalize all the plans. So we're very excited to to kind of share in the festivities with everybody in the Teach Better family. It seems like all of our comments are are related to the conference, Brad. Mm -hmm. They're ready to talk about the conference. I just want to confirm it. That's the Teach Better Conference coming up this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at uh, Akron, Ohio, uh, National Inventors Hall of Fame Middle School. Is that the one you're talking about, Brie? It oh, is. Yeah. And I, I need to finalize my outfit, friends. I know I've been talking about it for months, but the packing needs to happen tomorrow. So if anybody is going to send me packing advice, your due date is tomorrow evening, just so you all know. I'm doing all you I know, can to get everything on uh, on a carry-on so I can just carry it on, carry it off, and just off we go. Do you, do you have any uh, packing tips, especially if you're trying to fit it all into a carry-on, Brie or Ray? Roll. Roll your clothes. Yeah. That's my tip. And wear layers so you can have layers. I, I have to really- know, Ray, are you going to wear tennis shoes or not? This is the big debate. What shoes to wear? Okay. I feel like people have been posting about their their outfits. This can be casual. I keep telling people like their favorite teacher clothes. I think tennis shoes are fine. Je- like jeans are fine. I'm going to work a, a mix of a few different of my favorite Teach Better outfits. Everything from Thursday to Saturday night. Trying to find something that's comfortable so that we're not too hot or not too cold. There's going to be a lot of stairs. So we kind of like running around like cool teachers that we are and um jumping up on I just like I'm so excited to just be around friends and family that I think we're going to be running around even if we didn't intend to be running around because you're going to see your friend from like across the across the way and you're going to be just running to him to give him a big old hug it'll be so fun Ray I'm hoping that there's a backstage area plus the official Teach Better 22 fashion runway because with all of the different Teach Better swag outfits we're going to want to be modeling it we just might want to make a quick change at any given moment. I mean, I think, uh, Brie, between the two of us, we probably have 70 or 80 potential outfits uh, that we could bring to the conference. I'm not sure how you're thinking about spacing those uh, wardrobe changes out, especially with all of the incredible presentations, all of the incredible seminars, uh, podcasters row, uh, all kinds of great opportunities to meet, greet, and mingle. I agree. I think I have. I may have ordered some more swag, 
before the conference even started. Oh, and also a Teach Better, uh, teach the, better blanket. I mean, blanket. come on, guys. I love it. I, I have been telling people, if you want an easy outfit decision for the Teach Better conference, those three days, just bring three Teach Better swag items and then you're golden. You'll be you'll be in for the win. Um, so it'll be exciting to see everybody's get up and excited to all be together and, you know, get our books signed and listen to all these sessions. I'm, I'm so overjoyed. I'm so excited. Brie, thank you for all the leadership you've had in this event and shout out to Katie Miglin, who has literally made this event possible. I, I don't know what we would do. I don't know what we would do without her. So it's insane. You know, Brianne, obviously we're all catching up and it's so fun, but Full transparency, Brie, you're live all the time. It just seems silly to introduce you. But as we get into this afternoon's conversation, you are going to be sharing a lot about yourself, but more than just what you do on Teach Better. You are a pivotal member of the team. I literally couldn't imagine the Teach Better team without you, but you do a ton more outside of the team as just an incredible educator. So in case somebody is connecting with you for the first time, would you mind sharing a little about just you as as Brie? Sure. I am a looping teacher. And previously, for the past decade, I've been doing first and second grade looping. And now I'm doing second and third grade looping. And looping just means you stay with the same group of kids or the, the bulk of the same kids for multiple years. And it's so good for relationship building and confidence building. Um, I was... Um, or I am the 2021 Ohio Educator of the Year for District 5. Um, and so I still do things with the state of Ohio. Um, I am a um, teacher leader ambassador this year um, after spending two years as a liaison for the state. And so um, I just really love all things education. I um, am the author of some children's books. Um, but for the team, I'm a training and development specialist monitor social media and have been able to really connect with members of the team as we have been planning this conference for all of you. So. So exciting. Brad, I really want to dive into picking Bree's brain on the things that she does, not only as an educator working with her students, but also in her passion with play. Should we dive into our discussion? I'm ready to dive. I'm on the diving board. I'm taking my warm up jumps ready, ready to dive in. Here we go, dive it in. Welcome back. You are with the Sunday weekly warm up, courtesy of the Teach Better team, exclusively in the Teach Better group on Facebook. We're with Brianne Fennell and Ray Hewitt, both of the Teach Better team. And this is Brad Hughes, excited about our upcoming conference and excited to dive into some great conversation with the one, the only Brianne Fennell. And, and Ray, before the break, uh, we had an opportunity to hear all of the things that Brianne Fennell does. I, I'm just wondering if there's something that Brianne doesn't do or is, is eager to learn to do that she hasn't tried yet. There is not. I'm going to answer for her. There is not. Brie is constantly looking at how to elevate herself in education. I love that she's constantly taking on new challenges and always trying to learn. That is something I've always seen Brie committed to. I just think it's incredible. May we all be like Brie. Be Thanks. like Brie, I think could be uh, that could be an unofficial Teach Better 22 slogan. Ooh, 
we like Brie. I love it. Brie, I know you have a passion for play and most educators will say play. Ugh, I don't teach like little baby kids. I teach, you know, kids that are much older. Play isn't relevant to me. Let's dive into that. I know this is something that you love. Oh, yes, absolutely. So I have a passion for play, um, not just for little kids, but also all the way up to educators. I feel like there's been a big movement since COVID um, for like self-care. And some people are like, okay, well, you know, I, I bought myself a t-shirt yesterday. I'm done with self-care. But something that right after COVID I started to do was CrossFit. And so I feel like even as adults, we need those opportunities to be able to move our bodies and to get endorphins and just to have something that makes us feel good as educators. And so I feel like CrossFit has been like kind of my way to dabble and play as an adult. Um, and so when I, I when I think about that and I think about how many how much we're trying to after COVID what bridge the gap or fill the holes or fill the voids, but but we don't want to do that by taking away things that bring joy or bring you know, a, a sense of belonging for kids. And so if you take away recesses and fill that with only instructional time, I feel like it's really doing kids a disservice. I can so if I'm an educator now thinking, saying, okay, I teach middle school or I teach upper, upper elementary, maybe I even teach high school. Can you help me understand how play looks in my classroom? Because when I think of play, you know, ignorantly, I think of, you know, kids five years old building building blocks, right? And so when you say you love to see play, not only in little kids, but all the way up to educators, I actually feel like I can see educators play easier because I know that educators are just kids at heart. And so many of us would love a day to just kind of play in the sand or build sandcastles. But what does it actually look like academically? Because I don't want educators to have this misconception that play means not learning, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So, you know, I feel like for middle school, I have, so I have a niece and she was in middle school and I remember her saying like, oh, well, we don't get, we don't get recess in middle school. And my big thing was why, like, why, why would you take away something, even if it's just a small break for students um, to like get outdoors and to experience fresh air and to talk with people and socialize? Like, I feel like that play is important, just as important it, as the academic play I'm about to talk about. But play in your classroom can look like anything that <laughs> Alex is saying about tabletop games. Yes. Play in your classroom doesn't have to just be downtime. Play in your classroom can be incorporating fun and engagement into your lessons. So like, for example, we did a vocabulary game and this could be done. I, I'm teaching third grade this year, but it could be done up until middle school. And they just have um, like little buzzers. And so they, if the, the team members got the question correct, they were trying to match vocabulary words with synonyms words that mean the same thing. And so when they got it with their team member, they got to go up and they got to ring this bell. And they each of the different bells made different noises. And it was just like a fun, engaging way. Like they still were getting the content. Um, and 
I actually was doing this on, I'm dabbling with a grid. So I was trying to do, I know, right? So um, I was trying to do, uh, you know, upper thinking and going up DOK. And I'm like, well, how can I just incorporate this into a game? And really, like, as soon as you tell kids, like, hey, this is going to be a game, it, it instantly takes away some of the, like, if you say to kids, hey, this is going to be a test, think about the different the different feelings that come with kids. Like, if I say, Ray, I'm going to test you right now. Or if you said that to me, like, oh, we're not going to have you on to talk about play or engage with us. You're, we're going to have you on and we're going to test you on this. Like, our the feelings are incredibly different. So, yes, you can incorporate it into, and there's so many different ways. I know I I wrote a whole blog series uh, for the Teach Better team. If you go on to the blog site called Play Better. And so there were different ways that you can incorporate it. Um, I know that we still host the games that we did on Brain Break. So, I mean, the adults are enjoying that. Think about game nights. So, I think that if you just kind of brand, <laughs> brand your lesson in a different way and add in just a little bit of play, um, I feel like you will definitely um, see different, just a different attitude about learning from your students. And not to mention that if you can incorporate some movement in there, some cross body stuff, that there's so much brain science that goes into it that just shows how good it is for kids. Bri, I wonder if you can tell us a little bit more about the relationships and the connections that are built through play, because it sounds like it's more than just about adding a game to your content. It's about bringing yourself as an educator and the kids in your space together, uh, working together for a common goal or maybe a, a fun, fun, fun element of competition. So how are relationships being built along the way? I think there's an element of relationship building within these within gameplay because there are typically winners and losers in games. And I feel like in life you have to learn how to kind of do both. But but an amazing thing that we do in my class is that we learn an element of respecting each other, like how to do that gracefully or how like some things that adults struggle with like you see people getting you know even if you watch sports on tv like there's fouls there's bad language there's all these things that go on um when things don't go their way so this is like kind of teaching a social element a social emotional piece that you know we can learn how to do these things together we can have a lot of fun but sometimes you aren't going to win that game and so i think it's you know it's a a discussion point. It's a uh, teachable moment. But also we um, we do this thing in my classroom where we say, like, we respectfully agree or respectfully disagree. So if somebody gets a problem wrong, instead of just shouting, I modeled this so much at the beginning of the year, instead of just shouting, like, they're wrong. Oh, and like, razzing them about it, we say, oh, I respectfully disagree with that answer. And this is why. And when they can have that element of um, like a backup, like, oh, this is why, because we learned that, you know, the distributed property does this and not this. Um, they're also using that academic language to support their, their theories. And, and these I'm are third gonna, graders. 
No, I love this. I love that you're modeling so many good things all through this element of having fun. Cause I think that that's such a wonderful reminder for us, especially in October. How can we ensure that we're not just diving into our content, but we're doing it in a way that is fostering not only organic life skill conversations, but also the enjoyment of learning that we always want to infuse into students' lives. Brie, I know this is a tricky question because we have viewers in this Facebook group everywhere from, you know, classroom teachers in the elementary setting to classroom teachers at the high school setting, higher ed. We have leadership in this group. We have educational coaches. What are some actionable steps? What are some, what's something an educator could do this week? that maybe moves them a little bit closer into incorporating play. Do you have like a favorite go-to or maybe like a strategy of how I can wrap my mind? Because I think a lot of educators are gonna agree that play sounds like a fun opportunity, but it's making it consistent and it's putting into that daily practice. I think figure out what your favorite game is and incorporate it that way. Because if you figure out like, what, for instance, I loved Foursquare when I was a kid. And so I incorporated Foursquare into some content standards when I taught first grade about rules and laws. And I incorporated it that way. But I love to play Foursquare. And I feel like if you bring in something that you love and you're passionate about, or you have some nostalgia wrapped in, it comes across as you genuinely enjoy it and you want to share a part of yourself with your kids. And so that I feel like is a great starting point because it's, it's truly genuine. It's, it's real emotions and feelings that you have tied in with this game. And that's going to come across to your students. Brad, do you have a favorite game that you think you would lean towards trying to utilize with your learners? If, if I said, Hey, pick your favorite game to get us started. It's hard for me to pick. I, what I think I would try to do is to get our learners uh, maybe creating games of their own. Uh, I, I think if we're looking for a place to start, that might be a place to ask our learners, what are some of your favorite games and, and how could we adapt what we're doing in our classroom to take advantage of the things that you like to do or play or construct or build? Because I think what Bree is, is promoting is not just play games as you learn, but but infuse what you do with a sense of playfulness, of creativity, looking at things from different points of view. Um, and as educators, when we feel that weight of uh, curriculum and content that we have to cover, especially if we feel that we're under pressure to get kids caught up after you know being separated from classes and from learning because of the pandemic, it's really, really easy to forget that that element of play could be crucial to many of your learners and could be crucial to just really bringing joy into your spaces. What's coming to mind for you, for, for you, Ray, if you had to pick a favorite game or a, a favorite way to be playful? I love your, your answer to this because I do believe that playfulness is such a, a beautiful overarching theme that I think we can all like kind of like giggle at incorporating. I think that we can all do that. Um, I will say if I had to pick a game, my go-to game guys is, um, we called it fishbowl. I don't know if it has a real name, but it's when you write one word on a piece of paper, crinkle it up and you put them all into one bowl. And then the first round you go through all the words in the bowl and it's just like charades. So you can say any word that you want, just not the one on the paper that you're holding. And there's a timer and you can do it in teams or whatever. Um, then you put all the words back in. And then the second round is uh, more like charades where you can act it out, but you can't speak. 
and then you put all the words back. And then the third round, you can say one word and it can't be the word on the thing. So they've been familiar with the language. They've heard it. I love this brief for vocabulary or anything in a unit. It's also really easy to do if your lesson ends early and you need just like something to fill the time because it gets students working together. And, you know, I just, I love the incorporation of that playfulness, Brad, like you said, it's so, so important. It reminds me of just like whenever we got together as a team for our retreat, I'm just wearing my retreat shirt now. Um, and I was able to bring Book It to our team. Like I just felt like you guys got to see like, oh, something that I would actually do with students and also something that was fun for us as an adults to review real content that that was important for us. So yeah, that's so wonderful. I know we have so many different uh, sessions happening at the Teach Better Conference that educators have direct messaged me about, like saying, hey, I want to do something kind of wacky. We're going to play XYZ. Like there's some sort of game that they're having the audience play with. So I will give that warning to anybody who hasn't really thought through this. This isn't really a sit and get kind of conference. Like every, every room you walk into, you're going to be expected to really show up as a learner, not show up as like somebody who's going to sit in the back and answer emails. So I feel like you need to <laughs> mentally be prepared for that because I've heard of some wacky things happening in some of our sessions and I want you all to be excited and prepared for those. Bree, as we kind of wrap up here, because we're actually, speaking of playfulness, headed into some giggles, I want to make sure we also give our community a little bit of a, 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 a takeaway, a challenge. Would you mind giving us something here that maybe it's your soapbox moment, something that you'd like our community to know that they can keep in mind for the week ahead? Yes, I feel like if you are in a climate where you can take your kids outside and do something this week, whether it's give them some playtime outside, whether it's bringing your lesson outside, just being outdoors with your kids is just going to give them an, an extra element of, of joy. And so if you're in an element where you can take them outside, even if it's um, sprinkling a little bit, you can just enjoy some play with your students or even your administrator friends could take your people outside and have your staff meeting outdoors. Just try to get some of that vitamin D agree. Mark agrees with me. So my session is now done. I love going outside. Brad, I know that as a principal, it must be hard to manage like you know, all these teachers with all their students going all around the building, even outside. But um, how do you, you know, handle educators, uh, you know, like moving from their classroom outside? Is that something that you like to encourage? Absolutely. Uh, we're fortunate to have a couple of outdoor learning spaces and a beautiful campus with hills and trees and shade and just opportunities to enjoy the outdoors to, you know, really just to breathe some fresh air, to soak up some sunshine if you can. And in our climate, as Bree was saying, I mean, we're quickly turning into some chilly weather. It's turn the calendar page on October and then into in November. So it it's all about just being prepared and making the very best of what the environment has to offer, whether you teach maybe in an inner, inner city setting, uh, maybe you teach in a rural setting. If you just take a look at what opportunities await you just outside the doors and and be creative, be playful about uh, engaging your kids and your learners in those outdoor spaces. And you come back in refreshed and rejuvenated and uh, it's just a wonderful opportunity. I would love to encourage anybody attending the Teach Better Conference this week to plan on being outside. 
only because I know that the space that we are in, this incredible middle school that used to be a museum, has two different outdoor settings, one of which is one of our lunch venues, if you so choose. Uh, we obviously, you know, wanted to prepare in case we had crummy weather, but I'm actually looking, it looks like the weather's going to be gorgeous. It'll be nice fall, crisp air. And if you so choose, you might choose to take a break or eat some lunch out. There is a terrace that is titled for the conference, the Green Terrace, and it's on the third floor. And it is going to be such a lovely place for people to enjoy some time. Obviously, there's other places to eat lunch as well inside. But the third floor specifically has so many different outdoor spaces that I would encourage anybody coming to the conference to kind of explore a little bit. There's some fun, fun spots. Bree, I know we were able to be there together. Brad, I know this will be your first time at the venue, but Bree yeah. and I will show you around. Yes. No worries. Looks like I have two of the best tour guides in the business, just making sure I get to what from one place to another and making sure I take advantage of all of the great things the venue has to offer. And, and I hear the signage is outstanding. Signage is outstanding. Ray Hewer. You know what? We hope so. We'll find out. I hope nobody gets lost because there'll be a sign in front of you to not to not get lost. You'll know exactly where you're going. Just wait and see. Just wait and see. All right. We are going to head into our weekly giggles, which is a segment we love to do anytime we have team members on just because we like to obviously giggle together and add some humor into your Sunday. And then we will wrap up our conversation here, kind of celebrating not only many of us are celebrating a holiday today and tomorrow, but also headed into a wonderful week where some of us will get to physically be together for the Teach Better Conference. So we'll be right back. I still love that commercial, Brad. <laughs> I love it too, because it means we can uh, have a few giggles together. It's a Sunday funny time. It's true. So true. If you are listening on the Teach Better Talk podcast after the fact, or if you're just catching this, but you're away from your phone just listening, definitely go back. You'll want to see the weekly giggles uh, commercial. It's it's kind of it's cute. It's kind of giggly. Brad, what you got for us for weekly giggles? We had our uh, school photo day this last week, and it was actually the first photo day uh, in almost two years, uh, having uh, photographers in, taking individual photos of our kids and our staff. And uh, I wonder, Ray and and Bree, have you recently had a photo taken, or or Bree, has there been a photo day at your school recently? We did have photo day. Yep, we had picture day perfection. Picture Ooh. day perfection. Uh, this uh, Sunday funnies story comes to you from Good News Network, and the headline is. Cat who sneaks into school gets his class photo taken and portrait packet is sent home to mom. <laughs> this, is a, this is a cat in Wales who left a group of proud moms in floods of laughter. This cat snuck into and became an honorary student at a school photo day. And the cat jumped on a chair with no encouragement, sat up for the photo the school has just accepted the cat as one of its own. He's there every day. Indeed, the headmaster of the school described the cat's attendance record as an excellent example for other pupils. I mean, <laughs> I'm just meowed by this story, Ray and uh, Bree. Uh, the cat who sneaks into the school to get the photos taken. Uh, and you can take a look at that photo. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. I, I think I'd be really proud if I was the cat mom to receive a packet of photos from this dapper, dapper Welsh cat. What do you guys think? I think it's perfect. Perfect. Get it, Brad. Get it. Perfect. Ah, 
if you guys can just if you can just hold on a second i'd just like to pause uh for uh those that are viewing and listening to catch up with these great jokes and uh, uh brie and ray maybe you have another tale uh that might uh, uh give us the sunday giggles what do you think Brad, I love your Sunday giggles because they they are always full of something that's lighthearted. I feel like that's even a story I could bring to students next week and be like, guys, you won't believe it. In Wales, there was a school. I just, I love this, that this gives us just a little something not only to enjoy now, but enjoy later as well. I wonder too, Ray and Bree, about uh, Bree, your commitment to play. And maybe if a, a photo of the cat with the bow tie was presented with really uh, no introduction. You you might uh, do what uh, Alex Valenchik promotes, and that's ask you know what do you notice and what do you wonder, and maybe your students could kind of back map a story of how that photo came to be, and then you could compare their narratives with sort of the narrative of this uh, cat that sneaks into a photo shoot from Wales. So whales and cats in the same picture. It. You know, Bree, I know that we are going to wrap up here. We've been able to pick your brain for so many different things, but Brad and I really wanted to do something a little special, and we wanted to take a few moments here at the end of the show to talk about your time being an ambassador. As uh, our current ambassadors know, and as we haven't yet publicly announced, but if you're at the Teach Better conference, you're going to find this out. So have a little bit of a sneak peek a few days early. We are opening applications for our ambassador program, and Bree... You were not only a part of the ambassador program, but you were a leader within that cohort. So would you mind giving us a little bit of details right after this commercial? We'll be right back. applications opening November 1st. I am so excited for the just the potential of this program and how much it has grown since it has started. So I was one of the founding ambassadors. So I was one of the first people to get to dive into this program. And it was such an amazing experience. And I am still connected um, through with the ambassadors through Voxer and through some other opportunities that I had to get to know them, but I just, and they never kicked me out. So even when I joined the team full time, they still accept me as one of their own, but I am a, such a big component for this ambassador program. Not only are you able to connect, but you're able to kind of choose your own adventure when it comes to being an ambassador. 
So there are different challenges that you can complete. There are ways to get connected with the team. But one of the things that I did on the, on the ambassador group was um, I was a lead ambassador of professional learning. So that was one of the coolest things because not only were you a part of this group, but you got exclusive professional development from different educators in different subjects, but it was chosen by the ambassadors. So it was whatever we were interested in learning about, whatever um, was really near and dear to our hearts or something that was kind of new in education that we wanted to learn more about, um, you were able to do this within the ambassador program. So, so amazing, such a great support system and like truly, truly a support system. It's a place that you can go and really connect with others. And the team has done such a great job too, just recently um, talking with the ambassadors and really picking their brains about what they loved. And so I just can't wait for more people to join and for all of their great ideas just come, come to life. Yeah, for those of you who are unfamiliar with our Teach Better Team Ambassador Program, you can see all the details over at teachbetter.com slash ambassadors. It's an incredible cohort of educators and applications very rarely open. We actually, I believe, will be opening them about one time a year. Um, although I will tell you, like Bree mentioned, um, the incredible two team members that built this entire program. Uh, shout out to Megan and Andrea who put their blood, sweat, and tears in designing this incredible opportunity for all of the educators to apply for here in the Teach Better family. It's gotten a big facelift and we're so excited to not only have built something and offered it to educators, but been able to host uh, and facilitate focus groups to improve the program moving forward. So we're so excited to finally be able to offer it as an opportunity to all of our educators here to apply November 1st, and applications will close the 27th, so you have all month to be able to apply. Brad, any final thoughts on your excitement, not only for us all be together this week, but also applications opening in just about four weeks? Well, I think it all comes back to play and playfulness again, Ray and Bree, because as a former ambassador, I guess as an ambassador graduate and now a Teach Better team member, I can tell you that some of the best games and some of the best contests and some of the best just friendly, fun, playful connections are made through those ambassador uh, mentorship programs and get togethers and meetings and professional learning opportunities. And it also is, I think, is a really great example of how Teach Better lives its own mindset. I mean, we're talking about seeking feedback from ambassadors to continue to improve the program so that ambassadors are better served. And so therefore, the, the, the students and colleagues that they serve are, are better served as well. Just better and better each and every day. And uh, I love that feedback from our current and former ambassadors is being used to really jumpstart and, re and sort of relaunch this program beginning November 1st. So I'm very excited, Ray. So wonderful. Bree, thank you so much for being a part of our live, you know, Sunday weekly warm up. We love hosting this in our private Facebook group every single Sunday. And although we will miss being live with all of you next week, I promise we'll be back the following week. Brad, I love being able to host this show with you. And I'm I'm sad that we won't host it next weekend, but I'm really excited to be with you next weekend. So I think I'll get over it. I'm so excited and honored to co-host with you too, Ray. And when we can invite someone as special to both of us as Bree into the space, it really makes for a wonderful Sunday night and a great way to warm up for the week ahead. Bree, it's been uh, wonderful catching up with you and we'll look forward to seeing you this week. Thank you so much. Can't wait to see you guys. 
It'll be so fun. All right, friends, we will see you in just a few days at the Teach Better Conference. Check out all those details at teachbetterconference.com. Bye, friends. Have a wonderful week.